Welcome to Day of Destiny with Dr. Michelle Corral, author, prophetic teacher, and pastor of Breath of the Spirit Prophetic Word Center. Dr. Corral can be seen weekly, nationwide, and around the world on her weekly telecasts that air on God TV, Impact, and Word Network. Now, let's join Dr. Corral by experiencing Day of Destiny, designed with your highest destiny in mind. Now, here is Dr. Corral. In Acts chapter, chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And the scripture also tells us, if we look at the second part of that verse, if we're looking at it from the Greek language, the scripture would say in the original Greek language, translated from Greek to English, and how God and how he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So what I want you to see, dear people of God, is here in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, we have the, in, when we begin to learn about supernatural sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, and we begin to learn about the flow of the anointing, we see that the adverb how is used twice how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth and how he went about doing good, even though the scripture says who went about doing good, the actual Greek reads and how he went about doing good. So the scripture says, teaches us that there is a method to the anointing, that there is a supernatural sensitivity to the anointing that Jesus had that you can also have. How many of you would like to learn how to yield to the power of the Holy Spirit and learn to yield to the anointing? Amen? Now, we saw last week the unique relationship that Jesus has with the Holy Spirit more than any other human being that ever lived. And one of the things that we need to understand about Jesus that I want to speak to you about is the two natures of Jesus Christ. Remember, if we do not understand and we do not have our Christology correct, we could actually miss heaven. If we do not know the fullness of who he was and we do not know who he is, being fully God and fully fully man at the same time because when we learn how Jesus yielded to the Holy Spirit and when we learn about his unique relationship with the with the Holy Spirit more than any other person that ever lived on earth as a man please understand this as a man being fully God at the same time yet not using his divine power as God to heal any of the sick you must understand that as a man, he totally surrendered himself to the Holy Spirit and became the perfect yielded vessel as a man to the Holy Spirit, yet still being God at the same time. Can I get a witness somewhere? I'm going to explain that to you so that you and I understand the ministry of the Messiah and we understand this unique relationship with the Holy Spirit that you can also have. Put your hands up right now and say, if Jesus had this kind of relationship with the Holy Spirit, I can have this kind of relationship with the Holy Spirit. The scripture tells us in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 1, Behold my servant, in whom I uphold my elect, in whom my soul delights, I will put my spirit upon him. So the Messiah is known by his unique relationship with the Holy Spirit that no other man ever had on this earth. 
And the scripture goes on to show us, if we look at the word of God, in Isaiah 11, verse 2, and the spirit of the Lord God shall rest upon him. So we understand that every prophecy concerning Jesus, we must understand the identity of Jesus in the Hebrew scriptures, that every identity and every scripture concerning who he was as the Messiah is a scripture that tells us about his unique relationship that no other human being ever had with the Holy Spirit as Jesus had. Somebody ought to say amen. And the spirit of the Lord God shall rest upon him. Isaiah 61 verse 1 says, The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me. So we understand that the scripture is showing us in a literal sense that the identity of the Messiah is his unique relationship with the Holy Spirit to be completely surrendered to the spirit of God. But I want you to see, dear people of God, that as a man... He was surrendered to the Spirit, at the same time still being God. For those of us who don't understand, I want you to know that Jesus Christ in his two natures, the Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That verb to be was, we need to understand, is in the continuous past tense. That means through all eternity, there never was a time the word was not. That means he was, 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 he was. Without end. Turn to your neighbor and say, without end, before the world began, he was God, the eternal word. And verse 3 of John chapter 1 the Bible says he. Uh, the Bible says all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. That means Jesus Christ is the Creator. Somebody ought to say he's my Creator and he's the Creator of all things. The Bible says very clearly, all things were made by him. Verse three of John one. And without him was not anything made that was made. The Bible also tells us very clearly in John chapter 1 verse 10, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. So he is creator, almighty God. But we must also understand that he has a second nature, that he wasn't always, always man. He was always God, but not always man. He became man for our sake. Hello, somebody. That's why the Bible says very clearly in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Jesus Christ is God. Hello, somebody. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, the scripture tells us about the two natures of Jesus that will subsist at the same time. Turn to your neighbor and say, two natures subsisting at the same time. Fully God and fully man. Say it with me. Fully God and fully man. I share this with you because I don't want you to go into error because what I'm about to share with you concerning his humanity and concerning his yieldedness to the Holy Spirit, he 
as a man. Looking, if you will, at John chapter 9, verse 6, shows us the two natures of Jesus Christ, fully God and fully man at the same time. The Bible says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and he shall be called the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the everlasting Father. Somebody ought to give God the praise. He's God and he's man. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's God and he's man. Not half God, not half man. He did not stop being God when he became man. He was still God. But as a man, not as God, he completely surrendered himself in humility and obedience to the third person of the Trinity. As a man, he cooperated. There was full cooperation with the Holy Spirit such as none had ever had on this earth. You and I need to know that he never at one time in his life as the Messiah of Israel, because this is the criteria, and this meets the criteria of what the scripture prophesied the Messiah would be. All of Israel was looking for a Messiah in the person in whom the Spirit of God rested upon. The identity of the one that the prophets foretold would be one who was completely anointed by the Spirit of God. And as a man, being still God for our sake, in his nature as a human being, having DNA in his body, having blood in his body, he really is linked to the tribe of Judah. He really is the son of David. Somebody ought to say that. The one that says Jesus Christ has not come in the flesh or denies his existence as fully God and especially also as fully man is Antichrist. First John chapter 4 says, that the spirit of Antichrist is identified by the one that says Jesus is not come in the flesh. By this you know the spirit of God and the spirit of error. So we understand that as a man, Emmanuel, God with us, for unto us a child is born, born, unto us a son is given, and he shall be called El Gibor, the mighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us so very clearly that in John chapter 5, verse 18, the scripture says, therefore Jesus, they, therefore they sought to kill him because he had not only broken the Shabbat, but said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Philippians 2, 6 said, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Isaiah chapter 44, verse 6, very clearly says, 
Thus saith the Lord, the Lord God of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Jesus, in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 11 says, Thus saith the Lord, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. The first and the last is Jesus. He identifies himself as the one God in Isaiah 44, verse 6. But as a man, as a man, he completely humbled himself in his human nature and yielded himself to the Holy Spirit as no human being on earth had ever done prior to him. For as a man, there was not a deficiency of the anointing, but in his body, he contained the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. You and I need to understand that throughout the, the ages, you have prophets and you have mighty men of God in the Hebrew scriptures who were greatly anointed by the Spirit of God. When we look at the scripture and we see Moses, we understand that Moses was so anointed that he could stretch out his staff over the Red Sea and the Red Sea could part. But yet there was a time in the life of Moses that Moses actually grieved the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Numbers chapter 20, verse 12, very clearly, the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, because you believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this congregation in and see the land that I have given them. He grieved the Holy Spirit. And Joshua, one of the greatest men of God who knew the power of God so that the walls came down flat, also grieved the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, and the Lord said to Joshua, in Joshua 7 verse 10, get thee up. Why do you sit here? In this place, Israel has sinned. Not only did he grieve the Holy Spirit by complaining to God and not discerning that that, that, that was in the camp, but he also went, did not plan the attack of Ai the way the Lord wanted that initial attack planned. He slacked in it and grieved the Holy Spirit, and Israel lost the battle but then later recovered it. In 1 Samuel 16, verse 1, Samuel, the greatest of prophets who trained the sons of the prophets, also grieved the Holy Spirit. In 1 Samuel 16, verse 1, the scripture says, And the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn over Saul, seeing I have rejected him from being king? And the Bible says, hallelujah, when he went to anoint, the sons of David, or the sons of Jesse, to be king in the place of Saul. The Bible says, and it came to pass, when they were all come, that he looked on Eliab and said, surely the Lord's anointed was before him. 
And the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his countenance or at the height of his stature, for the Lord sees not as man sees. And the Lord looks on the heart, but man sees the outward appearance. Samuel grieved the Holy Spirit. Samuel grieved the Spirit at one time in his life. Joshua even grieved the Spirit. Moses grieved the Spirit. We see in 2 Samuel chapter 12, David grieved the Spirit. The Bible says in David, and David said to Nathan, I've sinned against the Lord. Psalm 51 verse 11, David's prayer was, cast not, cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me because the anointing lifted off of his life. And he got it back again after his re repentance and his tshuva. In 1 Kings chapter 19, there was a time even Elijah grieved the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in 1 Kings 19, and he came to sat down under a juniper tree and he requested that he might die and said, it is enough, O Lord, take away my life. I'm not better than my father's. Verse 14 says, and I am the only one who's left who's not bowed the knee to Baal. And verse 18, the Lord said, I have 7,000 in Israel who have not yet bowed to Baal, Hallelujah. nor kissed him. Oh my, Elijah grieved the Holy Spirit. And Jeremiah, the Bible says in Jeremiah 20 verse 9, then said I, I will not make mention of him anymore. I will not speak of his name anymore. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones and I was weary and therefore I could not stay. Even Elisha. Elisha, who received a double portion of the anointing from Elijah, even Elisha grieved the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, when the Shunammite was come, that she caught the man of God, but Gehazi thrust her away. And the man of God said, let her alone. Her soul is vexed within her, and the Lord has hid it from me. I didn't see it. And he didn't see it because of Gehazi. Gehazi was blocking the anointing. Every one of these grieved the Holy Spirit at one time in their life. The great men of God, great signs and wonders, great power of prophetic gifts, great miracles worked through them, but none ever lived a life completely yielded, completely surrendered, completely in touch never making a mistake, completely filled from the top of their head to the soles of their feet with the Spirit of God, but Jesus. Somebody ought to give God the praise. Jesus was the only one as a man who perfectly cooperated with the power of the Holy Spirit. And you, my friends, 
you can experience that same anointing in your life. Put up your hands right now. If you follow the way Jesus followed, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we release that anointing upon the people of God. Looking at John chapter 1, looking at verse 32, the scripture says, And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending and remaining upon him like a dove. And I knew him not, but that he that sent me to baptize said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descend and remain. Not just descend, but the one upon whom you see the Spirit descend and remain. That means there is one with whom the Spirit of God remains. Never at one time in his life did he lift, did he grieve, did he hinder, did he stop the anointing. That means full operation and full cooperation with the Spirit of God. This is why Jesus, when this unique relationship between Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and we must understand the unique relationship between Jesus and his Father. The unique relationship with Jesus and his Father no other human being had ever had with God. As a man, though he were still God, he is the only monogenes. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his monogenes, his only begotten son. That means one of a kind. There is no other like it. No other human being ever had a relationship with the Father as Jesus. We're children of God. We're technon-theos. But we are not monogenies. Monogenies means one of its kind, the only begotten of the Father. This means in his relationship with the Father, he was a perfect son, obedient in all things that his Father asked him to do. And as a perfect son and as a perfect Messiah, completely yielded to the Holy Spirit in everything he did on this earth. His relationship with the Holy Spirit was so important to him and so unique that he made one sin and one sin only, the unforgivable sin. Murder will be forgiven. Every kind of blasphemy against the Son of Man will be forgiven. Every kind of crime that was ever committed against humanity or against a human being will be forgiven if the person requests it. But the Bible says there's only one sin that will never be forgiven. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 31 and 32, and also we have it in all the synoptic gospels. The scripture says, Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall never be forgiven. Whoever speaks against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven, but whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven. 
Hello, somebody. Why did Jesus speak this? Jesus spoke this, dear people of God, because of his unique relationship with the Holy Spirit. He knew more than anyone else. He was more dependent on the Spirit of God and reverenced the Spirit of God as a man to such a degree that he demands that all human beings will worship the Lord and reverence the presence of the Holy Spirit. Jesus walked in a realm of supernatural sensitivity to the Spirit of God that you and I can walk in as a man being fully God with these two natures subsisting. I want you to go with me to Luke chapter 8, and I want you to see something here in the Scriptures. Looking at Luke chapter 8, verse 45, the context conveys the true touch of the anointing. We see his yieldedness and his supernatural sensitivity in the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says in a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living on the physicians and could neither heal any. Verse 44, came behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately her blood staunched. And Jesus said, who touched me? And when all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude press upon thee and throng thee, and yet thou sayest, who touched me? Verse 46, and Jesus said, Somebody has touched me, for I perceive dunamis has gone out of me. Now I want you to see this. Because in that crowd, if we are to look at that crowd, only one out of thousands thronging experienced the true touch of the anointing. I'm going to say that again. Only one. Thousands were pressing on him. Thousands were, were thronging him. But only one, only one in that crowd experienced the true touch of the anointing. So we see that Luke chapter 8, verses 43 and 46, the scripture teaches us that not every person in the crowd is connected to the anointing. Thank you for joining us today on Day of Destiny. We invite you to our website at mydayofdestiny.com where you can easily access other podcasts and obtain your copy of Dr. Corral's latest book, Secrets of the Anointing. Also, we want to take this moment to invite you to engage in extending your hand of kindness by planting your seed or offering for multitudes that include orphans, providing water wells, providing medical supplies, clinics, feeding programs, and many other services to the suffering church and through efforts of evangelism worldwide. Just go to our website and click the donate button or text to give. Text HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. That's HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. You are also invited to visit Dr. Michelle Corral Facebook or Instagram. We look forward to having you encounter the anointing with us on our next Day of Destiny podcast.